Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, the first technique I learned was a punch. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of Believe in the Punch. I'm here with my amazing friend and slash, um, I call him Big Bro. I don't know if he thinks of me like that, but he's, he's someone I've always looked up to and, and admired. I'm here with Tom today. How you doing, man? Good, man. I thought I was your, I thought I was your uh, karate father in, uh, after Lima. <laughs> after after lima yeah well for so for, brother brother that works too, I, I guess cool. i guess i, I figure just because the age difference is not that much you know you, I mean, you calling yourself old at that point you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't for for a quick side note before we get going anybody that doesn't know um tom was my roommate last year 2019 pan american games um and this is me tooting his horn a little bit but he's just like the best roommate that i've ever had I can genuinely say that not only his is just like a, like a, like as a friend, but as someone to bounce ideas off of, whether it's anything just shooting the breeze or karate wise, it was something consistently that I enjoyed just being able to soak up that whole experience with someone that's already been there and on, you know, and competes on the highest stages more than I have. Right. And been able to just enjoy that whole situation and then come out with some good results on it's like icing on the cake at that point for me, you know? And you knew I'd be in bed by 9.30 every And <laughs> there's no, there's no, yeah, no, no questions, except for the, the sleepwalking head kicks that I got a few times. <laughs> Man, well, you know, to get it going, since you are who you are, and, you know, as someone that I continuously enjoy training with and everything, I think the, the theme for today is what makes up the Corona Karate Athlete, Right without saying it in too many words. Yeah. You guys just came actually off of doing the first major, I'm going to say a major tournament in the U S last this previous weekend. I mean, this, this might air a little bit later, but uh, you guys, you guys did a great job. Uh, can you explain to me like what, how'd you split up the whole event? Yeah. So we had uh, you know, our annual tournament, the Suzuki cup and uh, just this last weekend, but we were, I mean, Sensei Burns is the, you know, the maestro of that, but, but it was fun, you know, being able to help out a lot with it as well too. And, but you know, what's neat about it is, I mean, we were gauging people as we were getting closer, like, should this happen? Should this not happen? But people wanted this to happen. Um, Like a majority of our, our folks that were at the tournament were out out of state, like 70% or 75% were out of state, which is pretty cool. But they were the ones that were driving it and the feedback we were getting like, no, let's have this tournament. We want it. We, you know, with these precautions set in place, we want this to happen. And so, um, I mean, my gosh, it, it sure did. We, we split it, the tournament in half. We knew that the numbers were going to be kind of low, but, uh, you know, that was, that was okay with us. And so we had like 11 and undergo Saturday nice light easy day it was fun it was so cool to see the first you know kumite matches these kids that some of them they've never done kumite before some of them been waiting a year to do it again and uh you know and then sunday you know with the 12 and up and the advanced divisions was was just awesome to see and and be a part of too but um everybody was 
excited. The referees were excited. We had top level referees from, you know, across the world uh, come to Dallas just so that they could get into the ring again. And we, we were really happy with the way that everything went. Everybody was, everybody wore their masks, everybody. We had hand sanitizer everywhere. We had volunteers come out to wipe down equipment before every match. So everybody was feeling super safe. Nobody kind of broke the rules. The only time you could take your mask off was when you were actually in the ring for competition. And then, but coaches, athletes, parents, everybody had their masks on outside of that. We had a big like spray down disinfection of the entire thing Saturday evening leading into Sunday. And I think uh, people appreciated that too. So it was a, a huge success. Huge success. Well, I, I think something that is undervalued, just, just people just don't know is how hard it is to get people from out of state to come to your events in the first place. You know, and, and the fact that now you add in the element of the virus and everything and just, un, you know, the un, general instability within the world of sport, you know, and then trying to persuade people to come in that point. And then the fact that it was actually reversed, the roles were reversed in, in this case, and people were eager to show up, eager to come is, is, is great. And knowing that I think you guys are the forefront in potentially setting up what can be slash needs to be done in order to have events, at least within the U.S., within the near future, you know, because 2021 is literally, what, just a few weeks away. And, and having the ability to get the show rolling, you know, because mm -hmm. we got the game, you know, you know for, for all the athletes competing for the Olympic qualifier at the Olympics themselves, all these things, right? Brainstorming how to get the ball rolling is extremely important. Yeah, and I know they have they have competitions in in Europe already, but you're right. In the United States, it's a completely different animal right now. So I think uh, you know, I guess of course we're still on the clock, and we still need to wait and hear, and hopefully nobody got sick or anything like that. But um, you know, so far it's it's been a huge success. So that's that's cool. I mean, it was really neat to just see like kids who were like punching way past their targets. They were so excited. There was a little bit of contact to begin with. And then, but, uh, you know, they, they quickly kind of regrouped and, and uh, everybody was just so excited. So. I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. And I'm happy for the for the fact that the competition or the event happened itself, you know, how has, I guess we haven't really chatted much. I mean, with the exception of a few times here and there, but like, how has the whole quarantining Corona, everything like that affected your training on your own? Sure. So, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that, you know, we did, we do have a little bit of a bubble here. You know, I've got Brian Err and Brian Hilliard and we're training together and, and, and we never stopped all year because, you know, even back in March, my goodness, there was a chance for nationals in July. Um, or, or things to still happen, you know, things, events were dropping off, you know, one month at a time. And, and so we were constantly working out training, you know, everything has been, I mean, for us, at least we were able to stay full steam ahead. And, you know, it wasn't until maybe a couple months ago that we realized, you know, it was just how far off things were going to be canceled. I think, yeah, it was maybe 
two or three, three months ago, maybe four, three or four months ago when they canceled everything through the rest of the year, just indefinitely, you know, and for sure. And, and it was that point that our training maybe did change a little bit. We, we really treated it as off season. And so I, I've actually, I put on like five or six pounds of, uh, of muscle, which for me is huge because I've been the exact same weight for 10 years, literally without flux. And, uh, and now, you know, to be a little bit heavier than I ever have been, you know, it was kind of exciting, but also like, you know, I had to drop down and just make sure I could make the weight a couple of times. I don't want to be the next competition. The first time I got, you know, my weight, but we're doing some heavy lifting or, and I've, or maybe that opportunity has always been there too, but without competitions and stuff, I really got into it. I got my head into it. I was eager to, uh, you know, uh, get stronger. So, you know, we really achieved that the later half of this year. And, um, I'd say that was, you know, a big difference for me and maybe something that athletes can focus on. You have a chance for an off season, right? You know, very well too, that karate athletes, we don't have an off season. Yep. There's a tournament every month year round. There's never a chance to slow down. Um, and so that's one of the things that I'm sure we've all benefited from a little bit is the slowdown. Uh, I, I think I know for sure it's been like a, a nice breath for me. Yeah. You, you brought up some factoring elements, like for, for people that don't really understand karate, the, the thing that I can compare it to the easiest, as far as our schedule is like formula one racing. Cause they have like a, a, a race in a different country for like, it's like 10 weeks at a time. And being able to go through the jet lag, go through the races and all these things and then come back is like the closest thing I can relate to because not only, not only are you an athlete, but you teach full-time, you run, you know, you're helping run the business. You're a full-time person, like just as a professional, you know, in, in your field, you are married, you have all these things that go on. So your brain can't really ever like shut down totally. Um, I, I think, and I'm not speaking on your behalf at this point, but like, it's hard. I think it's one of the challenging factors, you know, like I, I, you leave for five to seven days, compete, have to deal with everything on the way back, catch up to everything. And as soon as you do, boom, you have to hit the next, uh, next event or whatever it might be. And you're consistently planning for during, before, and after each event. And this for me personally was like, honestly, like shit hit the fan a little bit, if I'm honest, like, it was very shocking. My whole system essentially went to its own little form of shock. It was like, whoa, what is, you're allowed to slow down? What is, what is happening right now? Like you're allowed to take just a few weeks to, you know, think about your strength, think about your just general like recovery and all these things. And at first it was a little frustrating on our end because I was going to my strength and conditioning coach. I was like, hey, I'm, we're planning for this event. Let's, you know, create our six week whatever phase to get so we're peaking for those events. And then it would get to like two weeks, three weeks before the event. And then I have to approach them and say, hey, no, sorry, everything's canceled. We're pushing it out another time. I remember it happened two or three times before he said, man, just, you know what? I don't think it's going to happen. And I was like, no, 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 it's okay. And then lo and behold, right after everything got canceled for this year. So uh, it, it's been interesting to say the least, but I think there's a lot of things that not only like that you've mentioned that I've benefited as well from not only rest, but the fact that I've, got, I've gotten stronger, you know, just enjoyed a different level of the sport, not only just sport aspect, but like, you know, I've, I've taught a lot. We've had to be very adaptive within the teaching methods, whether it's, you know, online, in person, all these things consistent, continuously adapting and all those things. So 
there was like, there's multi levels that I think personally I've grown from throughout this whole, you know, COVID situation. And I think it's setting us up in a different way. I mean, some ways nice, some ways not nice. You talk about the little kids hitting, you know, missing targets and making a little contact. Imagine what's going to happen with the big boys, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of goods to it as well. Yeah. I think that's just something to remember, you know, not, not only just like, oh my gosh, this, you know, this is tough. I haven't competed for all this time. I'm rusty, but Hey, also I've benefited in a, B and C ways. Well, I think everybody is, you know, in every job and field and every walk of life is going through the same thing where, you know, we realize, no, oh, maybe we didn't have to be traveling so much or, uh, time, more time with family is good. You know, all these things that people are, Hopefully, you know, you, that you're hopeful being, you know, there's some wishful thinking there that, that the amount of time people are spending at home has been positive. And, um, and I think I know on my, for me, for sure, that, that, that continuing training all year without an event was teaching me to just enjoy my sport again, because I liked it and not because of the Olympics, not because of K1s and not because of rankings and all these things that now were completely um you know pushed to the side for the time being so it was all about liking it you know and and training because this is what you do and what you like to do and so i've really enjoyed that i think that's been the best part for me through the the whole year for sure yeah you talk you talk about like a super valuable thing and i think for a lot of athletes that you know are stuck in the what is the the hamster wheel of competition 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 you you, you talked about enjoying your sport you know and and getting back to the to the base root of like why you do it but like what how how do you focus on enjoying your sport like what do you do you do anything in particular or is it just kind of how it flows well i'll tell you i mean we i see it happening from the from the other side like i can tell when i'm in danger of not enjoying it. Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. And for me, like, you know, it's, it's when I'm just trying to get through something, that's my, my weakness or that's my, uh, you know, and it happens, I guess, you know, sometimes those trips were so back to back or, you know, the competition became so grueling that there were times where I found myself deep down hoping to get, just get through it. Look, Look, guys, I, I know we're in Rabat right now, but I need this, at least a bronze medal, and I need to get back home, and I got things to do. I, I just need to get through it. And that's completely opposite of everything I've been trying to build for 10 years, which is to go and be the best that I can be because I love it. Um, and I find myself doing that in workouts. You know, like it's, you know, we're out at the track or we're lifting weights, and it's going well. I'm doing decent enough. I'm, I'm just getting through it. And, and, and that's, that's how I put the five pounds on, you know, is like, I've focused on it. I was like, I'm going to, no, I'm picking the heaviest dumbbell there is over here. or I'm picking the heaviest kettlebell, or let's put a couple extra plates on because this is what I'm here to do today. And, and when it gets time back to, for competition, you know, I can't wait to have that attitude. Like I'm here for you, sir. And, and then, oh, okay. Now you next. And enjoy being in there, you know, doing all those things that we say and our coaches say all the time, you know, one match at a time, one point at a time, but not to make it through it because that's what I want to do. You know, I think that's, that's the big thing. So um, I've found myself and caught myself doing it 
And, and this year without competitions, it's been very easy to catch myself and correct it and enjoy it. So I have not been just trying to get by, you know, I've been very focused now. Yeah. So I think that was, well, there's, yeah. so there's two things I want to follow up with that because I, the reason why I want to pick your brain a little bit is I straight have been the same. I mean, of course, in Cam's own personal way, like trying to really focus on just enjoying this thing, enjoying the grit, the grind or the rest, right. <laughs> Whatever it might be that given day. But like, do you, do you come up with goals for certain days, certain weeks and things like that? Like as like a base thing to focus on, or have you gotten like automated to the point where you're like, I already know based off of this certain, maybe not feeling, but I guess you could say feeling too, like, this is what I'm trying to do with this. This is my intention behind it. With like the workouts. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, Hey, like I have, I'm, I'm here to do, you know, I, this is my reason for being here at this given time. You know, is that something that, cause for me at first I, I had a hard time finding that, put it that way. That's mm -hmm. why I'm asking. I had, I had a hard time being like, okay, I'm here for this reason, well, I kind of like lifting weights, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. But you know, I, I don't, you know, like, yeah, like there wasn't really that second, like that second level of depth behind why I was doing it. So then it took me, Hey, I need to write out, you know, in my, in my notebook, what my goal is for this thing or what my intention is for that workout. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think one thing that's very helpful is, you know, tracking, you know, if you're tracking what, you know, where you're at, whether it's a skill or how much weight you can lift or how many reps you did last time or whatever, you know, if you can track it, then, you know, you got to beat it or, you know, whatever is appropriate for that day. Right. Um, and, and, but something for me is like, I, I've kind of, I don't change environments well generally. And so when I'm going into a workout, I need to be I'm at my best when I've been kind of prepping for it in all those other aspects. If I've gotten good sleep, if I've been hydrating, you know, all of those things that we know, but you know, this year, what everybody was staying up late playing video games, you know, there was nothing to do. So, you know, yeah, that was fun. And everybody got to like relax a little bit. But then when I started getting serious for workouts, I had to make sure that I was, you know, in it leading up to it a day or two in advance so that I could, um, you know, just maximize that time. There were definitely times where I w still walked in and I had stayed up last, you know, the night before or whatever, and had to try and crush it. And I'm not, you know, you saw me in Lima, man, I go to bed. So I, yeah. I, I mean, I had to work hard on those days too, but it felt good doing it still. So, I mean, uh, I think, in either scenario, the, the theme is that we were just kind of getting back to focus again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you just side note too, because you're one of the very few people that I personally know that has a longer pre-performance routine than I do. Hmm. So like you're looking at an event or even a practice, I'll take my time frame of how I'm going to prep for that to 24 hours but you're one of the few people that I can vouch for in like a very positive, you know, healthy way that takes it even farther, you know, even to two days. Right. Um, and I, I think that's like a, a huge thing in, in being able to set the tone for what you're trying to do with a given time frame. And it, it could be anything for me. It could be, you know, for me, it's, I, I try and use it for whether it's time with my dog at the dojo teaching training or schoolwork or whatever it might be. So then the second thing I wanted to ask you about is like, how were you taking rough days? Like with 
the fact of trying to enjoy your sport and, you know, have the feeling intention and all these things, like some days just don't go well, you know? And for me personally, I, again, this is like a personal reason for why I'm asking you because I was getting more frustrated with those days instead of like, Hey, this is pretty cool that I'm getting hit in the face. You know, while that might not seem like the most ideal thing, I was getting frustrated much quicker than let's say like the average training span for an event or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because I can, I'm trying to think of those, those times this year. And, and, you know, what's funny is like, I feel like my fallback on those worst days is the fact that I can sometimes just get through, you know? So (laughs) true. Yeah. And then at least on a bad day, I am, I am making it. I've never quit a, a practice or, or a workout. You know, I, that would be, that's where I, I can at least not let that happen, right? Or whatever. But I have to make sure that that's not the norm, you know, that that's not right. every day, which was, was where I was, I think I was getting. So, I mean, as long as, as long, it's a, it's a cumulative thing, right? That mm-hmm. one day is not make or break for sure. And I've, I've right. definitely had days where I was like, okay, you know, and you have to, you have to justify that that was a decent practice. It didn't feel great. I've compared, you know, comparatively to the ones where you're like, awesome practice, let's go win something. So this, you just kind of have to walk out and give yourself as much credit as possible. As long as it didn't go south, you know, if you didn't tank that day, you're, you're still moving forward. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I completely agree. It's like, man, I, I use that analogy with any of the youngins that I'm working with. It's like, you're building your, your Lego masterpiece at that point, you know, whether you put on five bricks that day or one, you're still putting on a brick, you know, you're getting closer to making that, that masterpiece happen. So <laughs> a little dorky, but that's me, man. <laughs> well, what, what, what would you say for, you know, like I, while not the similar bubble that you have, I, I was lucky enough to have, you know, those one or two training partners uh, come in and, you know, continuously work, whether it was, um, at the dojo or at the gym, but like, what would you say for someone that didn't have the opportunity for that? You know, or like, there was a lot of people that were stuck, you know, like at the house. Yeah. I'd say that's fine for you. And in this sport, you should be, you should be very happy and lucky that you do the sport that we do because I mean, Kumite is a judged sport just as, just like Kata or just like gymnastics you know referees are looking for things to be done a certain way way more than just having hit someone or you know you know just it has to be right so you can really focus on your technique i did the same thing or my sense and i did the same thing when we were teenager when i was a teenager and all the way up till i was you know 25 without partners anyway and and slowly moving through techniques until your muscles are burning, you know, memorizing technique and repeating it all by yourself or just with a target on the wall or a Bob or minimum, minimum personnel, you know, um, I think that hopefully if you haven't already been taking advantage of that this year, fellow athletes out there, then you still have several months before competition to really be driving home technique you know just the look of it what is your knee doing what does your heel do what does your shoulder do your hips and you just you memorize those things so i think uh you know 
our sport is an interesting one. You can beat someone on, on technique alone. You know, you, we've all been in those matches with uh, maybe a karate guy from a kind of a different type of martial arts or a different type of karate and they're a great athlete, but you just beat them because your technique is better. That happens at, at the elite level as well. You can beat people who are faster, stronger, maybe even smarter, just if you played it right. Or even if you just have better technique, they might be a great tactician, but your technique looks better. So when you trade, the, the flags are going your way. So, I mean, I can't stress it enough. And I can't stress also how this is a great time to work on technique if you're at home. Yeah. You, you mentioned something and I, I, I've, cause I was having a hard time like back in, you know, like late teens and stuff like that with having limited partners. Like, so I know the story of like when you went to college and stuff like that, but when I, I, I think a lot of people who might be listening don't know like how you and coach, you know, slash sensei Burns dealt with, you know, you being away and things like that. So if you don't mind, I, I'd love to have you go through your first few college years and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, um, luckily it's, it's very, it was very simple. The hard part was just carving out the time to do it. Right. Okay. Uh, but the, at least the workouts I was doing on my own were very straightforward. You know, yeah, I still had kind of a trainer that I was getting workout routines from, and I was, completing that but when it came to technical training I only came home I was about an hour away for school and I only came home for practices on like on Friday nights and Saturdays so I'd I had a good two days of practices a week but the rest I was skill building by myself uh yeah the joke is that my head the heavy bag hanging bag at the at TCU was like my best friend and <laughs> and I would literally just do reps um, you know, we had certain amount of numbers, crazy numbers that I had to hit both at slow, then maybe the pulls, you know, where you're holding a technique and you pull it back and then fast, just numbers and reps and then fast with setup. So, you know, you're moving and you're working and then you're executing techniques. So, I mean, but a lot of the times we cut movement out of it. You know, I remember this line from him too. If you're ever wanting to work on something specific, cut everything else out, right? I'm going to work on my, my technique cut the movement out and don't do movement because sometimes we'll be, we'll, we'll add little hitches in there or things that your opponents can read. And when you cut all that out, you can really tell when you're doing it or not. So practicing technique, stand still, do it slowly a dozen times each hand, and then speed it up a little bit, then add movement. You really are separating it and then working it into your total game. Um, and then of course you've got, how many different types of kicks, how many different types of punches that, that we're doing that for. So it was pretty straightforward. It would take about an hour and I'd do that at least, I, I think, you know, once every day or every other day when I was at school. So uh, that was kind of the name of the game. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of like, again, I, I just like being able to take things from the highest, like highest potential level in what you're doing and being able to take components of that to like, and they like everybody can apply those general ideas, right? While it not, might not be to the same extreme of like, hey, I'm an elite level kumite athlete, right? Someone, I, I could take those same ideas to Joe Schmo, who I'm training over Zoom, and it is just needs to get through their kata, right? Or like simple techniques and things like that. So, you know, sometimes getting that idea of just like, hey, even like you're you're the highest of what we do. You do you're at the highest level of what we do, and then being able to see that similar ideas and complexes work their way like the trickle effect you know all the way down throughout the thing it's, i think it's just super cool yeah every age from beginner to elite you know technique is going to be crucial in the judge's eye right so um 
I mean, yeah, there's even, even there's days now, I mean, where I, I can, I can even notice sometimes when, when a technique I, I'm doing is suffers compared to how much emphasis I've put on it in past years, you know, and, and now I got, I've got training partners and I've got plenty of practicing to do, but realizing I still should probably set aside some time and, and just focus on it by myself. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that happens. Complete spectrum right there. Well, you know, the last little thing I wanted to ask you here before we, we cut it, um, totally a different subject, right? So like I'm, I'm studying my master's degree right now in sports psychology and something that really occurred to me was the importance not only in active recovery, but passive recovery. So what do you do, man? <laughs> like, what do you do to like, not, because we, we just like, this is, this conversation is very similar to how I approach my training, right? Like very specific, very like oriented towards like, you know, a goal objective, let's get better. Let's keep growing. But like, what's the opposite end of the, the coin for you? The opposite side of the coin, you know, like, what do you do to not do karate how do you unwind how do you just stop and let go of everything else because not only are you a, like a, a like an athlete you teach you're you're at the dojo all day you know what i'm saying like uh we come from similar shoes in that regard what do you do yeah. to like separate from everything yeah so you know it's funny i guess you know sensei burns was the one who really kind of sniffed it out this year and and realized i guess just how competitive i am um, and even when in everything that I do to try and relax, I cannot help, but go all out. I'm either all in or I'm all out whether, and, and clearly cause karate is something I'm all in about, but when it's time to rest, man, I, whew, I'll, uh, so call of duty, man. I mean, <laughs> my gosh, like, uh, war zone, man, these video games, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go all out on him and then, you know, he'll be on Caesar will be on my brother and we'll squat up, man. And, and we'll go late into the night. So that has ha definitely happened a couple of times, very refreshing, but, uh, and the, the winds feel good, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'll just say that that's definitely been happening. The other one is, uh, um, which my, my absolute favorite and it, it happens, you know, less frequent, but we've been able to make it out to, this deer lease that my, my family's on and it's out in Sonora, Texas, which is about five and a half hours away of a drive. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you get out there and we're actually close, you know, a couple hours from the, the border with Mexico and the land is just beautiful out there. There's nothing. Your cell reception is suffering um, hills and, and just, you can just hear nature, right? You're just, far away from it all and the stars come out and everything well and you know i i actually don't want to you know hunt a deer and actually luckily for us i mean they they've been trying to regrow their deer population down there so we're the perfect clientele we don't even want to hunt deer uh, they, they do have you know the whole um uh wild boar infestation and so we hunting those has been really exciting and and fun and so just when we get out there though, we, again, you know, we'll, we'll campfire stay up late and, and laugh. And then in the morning, get up early, go, go walk the land. And, and it, it's just been, that's refreshing for me. And it, you know, we have to schedule them. It's only been a couple of times this year. We have to schedule them a month in advance. And so then just like a competition, man, you know, they're scheduled 
I got to go get things. I got to prep. I got to uh, study. And then, and then we're going and then we're executing and we're, we're doing it. So it doesn't matter what it is, man. When, when it's on, it's on. So uh, that's yeah, the only yeah. way that I can relax. So, that's pretty yeah. cool. I, I like that. I like the idea that you, <laughs> like you go all out, even in recovery or like chilling, you know, like I, 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 and one of the, I don't know about few people, but like, there's a lot of people that have to always be doing something, man. If I get the opportunity just to lay down and do nothing all yeah. day, I yeah. could, you know, I'm just, that's just, that's just what it is. Yeah. Well, regardless. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time and, you know, coming out and doing a quick chat with of me, course, man. I really man, appreciate it. Uh, this is a, this is a blast, man. And, um, look forward to I would see for everybody listening, Tom and I, we, we could, I could do this all day with him. So we'll definitely have to get another episode here going. So Please. I really appreciate you taking the time and doing that and coming and doing this, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Is there anything you want else so. you want to add before we close out? Oh, no, just practice your technique, practice your technique and be eager because it is, it is going to, uh, you know, all of this is going to be over and we'll be back to it. So you, you want to be on the, the right side of things. So get to work. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming, man. I really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening to episode two of Believe in the Punch. Make sure to go follow the Believe Network, the best network for athletes and professionals everywhere. And remember to always keep your hands up and stay stoked. Till next time, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.